You're listening to Gospel Garage, sharing the good news of the gospel through the teachings of Jesus Christ, our Savior. God, we pray for the fullness of Holy Spirit in our lives, for your guidance. We trust you, Lord. Thank you for bringing us together to share your word here through this outlet that you've created and allowed to be created. God, thank you. You are all that is, all that was, and all that will be, the Alpha, the Omega, the before, during, and after. You are all things, and not one thing that goes on in this world is without your notice. Thank you. We trust. Amen. Psalm 34, verse 18. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Wow, I just want to share something as we get into hanging out tonight. Um, last week, early in the morning, on a Sunday, we were outdoors practicing a worship set for the upcoming church service, and the church is located across the street from a police station. And because of Holy Spirit, always because of Holy Spirit, I began to pray over a lady who came out of the station, and she was disheveled and had no shoes on, and she got into a parked car and sat with the door open on the passenger side, and she appeared to be weeping as she tried to clean herself up. You know, fix her hair, she's digging for shoes, changing her clothes, um, and I just kept praying. And the worship team was playing, and Mike was singing to our God Most High. And we continued to worship, and I continued to pray. And she looked up and was watching us. And I saw train, chains, 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 chains crashing and words so heavy on me and I actually shared them with the group when we finished the song but the words so heavy as these chains were crashing was addiction is not the end failure is not the end abuse is not the end and shame is not the end you know they're the beginning they're the beginning Wow, so they were heavy upon me, and they are now. <sighs> All of those things in our life are the beginning, <clears throat> because God uses them. He teaches us from them. He recovers us from them. They're the roads that lead to the highway of salvation. They're all these little side roads that lead to his highway. That's such the truth. Eternity with Jesus is the end of the story, and it's so the beginning of life eternal. Wow. Wow, and those things... The shame, the abuse, the bad mistakes, things that linger and we think we've recovered from and then something happens that triggers the memories. Um, I experienced that. Um, triggers the self-condemnation maybe or triggers the response because maybe you've been hurt at another's hand. And it's a beautiful stark truth is that there is blessing in those breakings. It is not for us to withhold the blessing from any of God's creations. And I really felt that when I saw this person. Eventually, she got in her vehicle and drove away. And we won't know what becomes of her, but we know God's hand is on her because he told us that in the moment that we started praying for him, for her, for anybody. He alone blesses. His judgment is fair and it is right and it is true and enduring. And we are to respond to each circumstance we face with whatever it is that the Holy Spirit is asking for us in that very moment. It's prayer. It's help. It's helping someone move. It's encouragement with someone, you know, struggling with an obstacle in their way. It's a hello, are you all right? 
which, you know, I've, I've asked people that out of the blue. Sometimes It's okay to ask that question, even if you don't know them really well. It's more than, hey, how's it going? Pass on by. It's, hey, are you all right? As you're prompted by Holy Spirit, when that thought pops into your head and you're walking with Jesus and it's for the good of another, man, you've got to follow that prompting. <clears throat> Number 6, 24 through 26. The Lord bless you and protect you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Wow, thank you, God, for that reminder, that truth. Because have you ever gone through a breaking, like an undoing, an absolute unraveling in your life? Uh, maybe it's in a relationship. It's emotional at times. It's financial. It's physical. Because, oh boy, I have. And I am so certain we all have. And the enemy wants us to believe that God can't use broken people, broken circumstances, broken things, right? And the truth is we are all so broken on some level or other. And the very thing that you think is disqualifying you in that moment is actually what God is going to use to move through you to others. Because it's not about us, right? It's about his kingdom, his people, his children. It's always about Jesus. When we know Jesus as our Savior, we can look back and learn that there's a purpose in that pain. Like I said, I've walked through it. I'll walk through it again. We've all walked through it. Mike's walked through it. Each one of us. Again, on some level, we can't compare our pain to anybody else because only we know what we're walking through. And above that, only Jesus knows what we're each walking through. But there is such hope in that unraveling. And I totally believe God is wanting to take the very little piece that you feel you can offer him and multiply it into something so much bigger than you ever imagined for the salvation story of yourself, for others, for people we don't even know yet, for people that we pray for across the street who will never know that our prayers were for them. You know, Psalm 46, 1 through 7, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble, and therefore we will not fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the dwelling thereof. Wow. Wow, there is a river that streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High God. He is in the midst. He shall not move them. God will help, and that is night and day. Wow, this is the King James Version. The heathen raged, the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice, the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Amen. Amen. It's such a humbling realization that when we surrender our tumbling thoughts and our zigzag emotions and our need for control to Jesus, wow, when we actually do surrender, we'll be so wrapped up in true freedom that can only come from God. That is his amazing grace. And so how do we go from feeling like these shattered people, like, Shattered out in the middle of an open space, shattered in your kitchen looking out the window, shattered at your office space. You know, how do we go from any environment that we're in feeling that shattered, sharp-edged brokenness and go to sitting at the table with Jesus? How do we become so filled with Holy Spirit that we pour over to others? We ask God. We ask Him. We ask Him for the opportunity. We ask Him to fill us. We welcome Him. We turn our face right up to Him and say, Tell me how, God. Tell me how. How to read the Bible, 
how to pray, how to break free from that addiction, how to forgive, how to break free from the chains of abuse, how to stop being that person perpetrating the actions, how to stop being the victim, all of it, all of it. You ask God for that strength and that courage and that way out. We ask him how to have joy of the Lord, how to have peace that is so unshakable and unbreakable that we don't want to kick the keyboard because it won't sit up properly. We ask him for that peace that we trust in him, that he pours into us, an unshakable peace in everyday circumstance, not just in the epic circumstance, but in the very moments that we feel like we could just growl. We give it all to him. And he does answer, and he will answer. And it is so good to note from my personal experience, that when asking for peace, sometimes a really unpeaceful thing comes along to grow our roots deeper into him and our grasp on God's outstretched hand so much tighter. So when we pray for peace, be aware that our peace might be shaken for a while and we pray for joy and something that's going to take our eyes off him for a moment and onto ourselves and our circumstance happens. So be strong in that because that is his refining. That is the gift of God that creates his children as strong, strong, enduring people. Wow. Isaiah 28, 24 through 26. Does the plowman plow every day to plant seed? Does he continuously break up and cultivate the soil? When he has leveled its surface, does he not then scatter? And so he plants in rows and plots Along the border, his God teaches him order. His God instructs him. God's instruction. Thank you, Lord. Lord of all. Oh, that we don't have to know the answer to how because we know the answer is who. Is so revealing and humbling, and that makes me giggle and be like totally exploding with the Holy Spirit of joy. We don't need to know how because we know who. We don't need to know why, because we know who the great I am. Because Jesus. Those two words, because Jesus. Wow. We don't have to know. We have to actually accept what God is asking us to do and go ahead and do it, but he will show us the how and the why. Don't let what you don't know either stop you from walking alongside Jesus. Don't let it stop you from sowing for his kingdom. Because honestly, think about farmers. Do you think they all know how? The seeds are going to push through the soil after they've planted it. We keep praying. We keep believing. We keep believing. We have to be so present. We have to show up. And he does make us those fishers of men. That's referred to all the time in many different circumstances. When we are present, when we believe, when we follow, he does it. He does the work. He doesn't need us. He does require our will, our want, our surrender our obedience, and our trust. Wow, so true, right? Like, he trusts us. Can you imagine the God, our God, the only God, trusts each of his people, and he lets us make choices, and he lets us fall down and make mistakes, and as soon as we turn to that outreached hand, which we must grasp, it's all over there. It's all over again. It's a do-over. It's a mercy every day. When we give him that surrender, obedience, and trust him, Wow, you might think, too, that the situation that you're in right now is one that you've never come across and nobody else ever has because that's how it can feel, right? Um, you don't know what to do. You don't know where to turn. Get into that Bible. Read that living word of God. Read the living word of God as the beloved child 
of his that you are, that we each are. Keep your thoughts turning to that beautiful face of Jesus. Keep your thoughts turning to him. He is our peace. He is our courageous peace. He is the revelation that we can step forward knowing that we get to sit with Jesus and at the same time fix our eyes on him. How is that even possible? We don't know how, but we know who. We know he's right here beside us, right here beside you, right next to the people in the alley working on the construction site. He is everywhere and he is all things. And we don't know why, we don't know how, but we know who. To tell you the truth, I can find peace puzzling because you might feel like you have it all together in the morning and by afternoon you might feel like you're so far away from that peace and you might be joining us here today right now and you've wrestled with finding true peace in a world of chaos, whether from a restless mind or from living in a restless world. But wow, his peace is knowing that God is working even when we don't understand it. In a world that is um, normalizing the me time and the me first and the just be you trend, you know, seeking our own wants first and all the things that all too often lead us to a hollowness that we can't explain. My friends, we know the answer, right? We know it. We can forget it. We can push it aside, but we know the answer. The answer is God, his unconditional love that he has for each one of us. It lets us stand up tall with this assurance that we are so loved, we are so forgiven, we are never alone, even in a seemingly empty room. We are never alone. You are never alone. It enables us to act confidently with the character of God in our daily activities, too. 2 Corinthians 4, 1 through 4. Therefore, since we have this ministry, just as God has shown us mercy, we do not become discouraged. But we have rejected shameful hidden deeds, not behaving with deceptiveness or distorting the word of God, but by open proclamation of the truth. We commend ourselves before God. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled only to those who are perishing, only to those that God has blinded of his word. Wow. Every person in our lives is created in the image of God. I think a biggest piece of our purpose is to somehow remind people, teach people, know people. I mean, it's planted deep within from Holy Spirit, but when their hearts and ears are softened to him, when they find that peace from a chaotic world, when they find that fullness away from the hollowness, they can understand that their very life is created in the image of God. And it's part of Jesus' command to each and every one of us as we follow him. It's not just that we get to be in love with Jesus and there's my relationship and off I go. We want to be at a place where we actively pour that out into people. And it can't always be marching up to someone on the street with your Jesus save sign either because there's all kinds of different ways. If that's the day that Holy Spirit wants you to do that though, you better walk in obedience and do that. But if it's the other way, if it's fellowship, if it's long-time friendships, if it's an ongoing year-after-year year discussion with a member of your family that doesn't walk with God yet, God places people on our path of we are part of the activity, right? So that we do everything we can to be part of their salvation story. So again, whether it's that lifelong friendship that you're sharing with, or it's a 15-minute chat with a fellow coffee drinker who just seems down and out, because those are beautiful moments too, Definitely beautiful moments, or at your place of work if it's, you know, the timing right. 
you know, follow Jesus means we need to be willing to share him with other people, to share that joy, to share that peace. We can't hold it for ourselves. We hold him and he's with us, but we can't hold it for ourselves. We need to speak about repentance, redemption, and rescue and pray that they receive Holy Spirit while we're speaking with each other about that. And we surrender to our Heavenly Father. We follow his way. We follow the truth. We follow our Savior. And hallelujah, what a moment that is. And it's so, that in itself is peaceful. So in this world, when it seems crazy and chaotic, um, and the stores are packed when they shouldn't be, or the lineups are strange, or things are out of sorts, he is our awesome, awesome forever peace. And to get to that place of peace is just to pause. If you're in the washroom and the door's shut and it's quiet and kids aren't knocking on the door, take that moment. Because that peace is offered everywhere we look. It's not a secret either. Peace is there and available. We have to seek it, learn it, understand it, and dive into it. Luke 10, verse 30 through 34. Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem and fell into the hands of robbers who stripped him and beat him and went off, leaving him dead. Now by chance a priest was going down that road, and when he saw the injured man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite. Levite, you know my pronunciations. When he came up to the place, thank you, God, and saw him, he passed by the other side. But a Samaritan who was traveling came to where the injured man was, and when he saw him, he felt compassion for him. He went up to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine on them, and put him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took him in. Wow, like that's courageous peace, isn't it? He was courageous. He must have had the peace of God in him to just walk confidently up to this person who was beaten and injured. He must have had some form of peace and confidence in something which we know is God because he didn't look over his shoulder and run away thinking that someone else might come along and beat him up. He had that courageous peace in action. As believers, we can be that love in action when we have empathy and use it alongside our own story, our own testimony. Empathy is like Empathy is like this ministry of presence, really, right? Which is quite amazing. We are, yeah, wow, that's pretty interesting. Empathy is like a ministry of presence where we are able to be with people in their pain because we are open to being vulnerable and telling the pieces of our own testimony, even the smashed pieces. And remember, too, that sitting and under some, understanding someone else's journey requires listening, it requires prayer, it requires peace, not anxiety and agitation. It requires a willingness to rely on Holy Spirit's understanding of that situation and circumstance. So the Samaritan had empathy and took pity on the man and was with him in the pain. And the Samaritan not only used his resources, like paying for the night at the inn or using his own donkey, but he used his time, his time to help this person who was robbed and beaten. He interceded on behalf, too, of the man, because who knows, maybe if he hadn't come along, there, someone would have come back to finish the job, right? We don't know that, but that is all the potential of what the Bible teaches us. He demonstrated a heart of generosity, willing to do anything necessary to support his neighbor, a very stranger, right? So I believe so often for each one of us, and I know I believe is a strong word, so maybe we look at it this way. It's our job to step boldly for God, absolutely relying on his direction, sitting with Jesus in intercessory prayer because we get to live with complete dependence on Jesus. We get to express that dependence in prayer, in faith for our resources, and God's provision in faith for discernment and decisions in trusting our very life, health, and security to Jesus. 
because he is our life. He is our peace. He is our promise. He is our king. He is our Lord and Savior. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 17, we view our slight, short-lived troubles in the light of eternity. We see our difficulties as the substance that produces for us an eternal, weighty glory far beyond comparison because we do not focus our attention on what is seen but what is unseen. Wow, thank you, God, for that peace. Holding on to regrets prevents us from experiencing that true freedom in Christ. Being tossed around by waves of regret is actually where Satan, the enemy, wants us to be. It doesn't want us to let regrets go. It wants us to drown in them. Every time we make a bad choice, every time we make a bad decision, every time we've damaged another person, been damaged by another person, it wants us to dwell in shame, in regret. It wants us to live in that sin and carry on in that rather than praying with a truly repentant heart for forgiveness from the Lord, which is so freely offered. Apostle Paul teaches us, you know, that we need to and we can and we must and we get to hold on to God's assurances. That brings a peace that just floods over me. Philippians 3, verse 13, 14. I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. However, I do have one compelling focus. I forget all of the past as I fasten my heart to the future instead. I run straight for the divine invitation of reaching the heavenly goal and gaining the victory prize through the anointing of Jesus. Jesus kept his heart and mind set on eternal things. That was where he found his peace. Just as we read in the Gospels, too, we see how often he talks to God. It's so constant. We're supposed to be that constant. That's the example set before us. Look at how he refers to God, his Heavenly Father, our Heavenly Father. How often Jesus directs the disciples then and us now as his new disciples to the very things above. Every step in the journey that Jesus had on earth was totally dependent on God. Wow, look at how he was even crying out to God in this final hour of greatest need. And yet he still, he still was Jesus, wasn't he? Full of calm, full of grace, full of forgiveness to each of us as we still continued to wound him. And we still do, and he loves us so. Luke 22, verse 41, Then he withdrew from them a short distance, and kneeling down, he prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup of agony away from me. But no matter what, you and your will must be mine. Those are the words of our Lord as he was focused on things above, on things eternal, not the temporary, not the things that shake our very foundation, not the things that crack our minds open and leave us raw and wondering. No, that was the very word of trust in God. Man, he was about to go through so much, but eternally he kept his eyes on God. And we too are to keep our eyes on God. May we do the same. Come back to God. Come back to God. If you gave him your heart before, but you've closed your eyes to his presence, come back to him. I pray that. We pray that for people. We pray that for each of us. We pray that so strongly for somebody. Wow. Hebrews 13. Through him, then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, acknowledging his name. My goodness. So as we wind down, thank you for being here. Um, I also shared something last week publicly too was remember to look back on your own testimony of what God's done in your life. As much as we are to share our story of brokenness or mistakes or celebration and joy, all the pieces of our story, not edited versions, to others, we are also to tell them to ourselves so that we remember that God has always been at your side, always been at my side. 
always been at our side. Remember what we sang with Holy Spirit. Remember what we prayed with Jesus. Remember what we heard from God. Talk about those things with others. Share it. Take these truths even further into our own hearts. Press them in deep so they are so part of that rooted foundation we have in Christ. Press on as well to see what God will do, wants to do, and absolutely can do through us. Yes, Lord, we will not leave our praise and worship in that parking lot alone. When God wants us to take it with us wherever we go, we will take it with us wherever we go. 2 Thessalonians 3. Now may the Lord himself, the Lord of peace, the Lord of peace, pour into you his peace in every circumstance and in every possible way. The Lord's tangible presence be with you all. Amen. God, thank you. I pray you would give us the boldness to proclaim the pure gospel message into our broken families, our distracted communities, God. May your will be accepted. Thank you. We pray that you, Lord, would put people in our paths and open up opportunities continuously for us to share our faith in Jesus, the answer and hope and our peace. The risen Savior is ours. Thank you. Thank you for the forgiveness you have for your people when we allow the turmoil of external moments to shake our peace. Wow. How you love, God. How you love. We worship you above all things. All things. Yes, God. We pray hope. We pray healing. We pray deliverance. We pray peace. We pray love and understanding. We pray rejoicing and salvation, Lord. We pray revival, forgiveness, all in the most magnificent, mighty name of your Son, our risen Savior, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, God. We pray that you bless our footsteps this week as we turn to you and we seek you. We pray for hearts to be softened to you, to hear you, we pray that anybody lost and searching reaches out to you, seeks you in whatever means possible, whether it's on their own, looking up at the sky, whether it's someone that comes alongside them. God, we pray. We pray for people's revived hearts this week, redeemed souls. Father, thank you. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Gospel Garage. To ensure you never miss an episode, please subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player or visit us at gospelgarage.ca forward slash podcast.